Hey, welcome to Mike the Baptist. Uh, what was the word we were just talking about? We have a new uh, word that we're going to try to get in the dictionary. It's tinkricity. What was you no, saying? It's in there. Tinkricity, yeah. That's already in the dictionary? Like tinkering? Yes. On purpose? Right. Tinkricity. Don't, don't take away from shrinkle, though. Well, that's not taking away from shrinkle. It actually kind of plays right into shrinkle. Oh, okay. Shrinkle and pink, pinkricity? Is that what? <laughs> that sounds good. You should have been here before this started, or not. Anyway, welcome back. We're back with Neil Andrews, who was uh, sick a week or so ago. Yeah. Are you better? I, well, physically, yeah. Me too. Coots, glad you're back. Jackson, good, good to, to be see here. see you back. And uh, we lost Cousin Joe recently. And I, I don't think we mentioned that on our last episode, but I wanted to mention it again. He was a, a devoted listener yeah, of Mike was. the Baptist. And so we considered him a friend. And uh, I just want to shout out to his family. Your family, because it was your family. Yep. So anyway, glad to see you back over in the chair there. Thank you. HD. Happy Saturday. Brother Hodo is back, uh, looking good for 12.01 a.m. on Saturday morning. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> well, it gets that way, but anyway, glad you're back. Good to be here. So we're getting uh, we're getting a lot of comments recently about things that uh, are said here on this podcast. Uh, more people seem to be listening. I don't know how many view because I don't know how to keep up with that exactly. I can I can see some statistics, but I don't know, not all of them. And I, it may be better that you don't follow that. You think? I don't know. <laughs> Just want you to know that we still want your your comments. Uh, send them to comments at mikethebaptist.com. That's an email address. And as luck would have it, the last two people that uh, had comments or wanted to uh, give us information, the first thing they said was, I don't have email, <clears throat> but I want to get this message out. So whether you have email or not, just uh, find us. Or <laughs> Anyway, we, we do want to hear from you about, uh, you know, if you like what you're hearing or if you don't like what you're hearing, or if you want to know something about the, uh, the people that show up here with me on this, I'd love to have your questions to ask them. I find it fascinating to uh, talk to people and ask them questions about themselves. I like people, most people. Uh, but even the ones I don't like, I still like to know things about them, and, and we'll do it right here on this program. Um, speaking of people, on February the 22nd, we're going to tape Mike the Baptist in the sanctuary of my home church with a live audience. This is an open invitation uh, if you go to church with me, to be there. If you don't go to church with me, to be there. I don't think they're charging anything to get in. We don't get anything either, so all that works out just right. But we're gonna we're gonna try to see what happens. We're gonna set it all up and see what happens. And uh, may never get to go to church there again, but we're gonna we're gonna do one anyway. See how it goes. So anyway, you're invited to join us for that. Uh, audience and we will pull people from the audience to participate on any or outie. That should be exciting. And you know one of the things I'm most excited about uh, is is a hymn from the Mike the Baptist hymnal <laughs> at the end of that program with a whole congregation sing singing along. It, uh, yeah. Which is how a hymn should be done. It should. So be working Acapulco, on your vocals. We're doing it Acapulco again? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah we don't we don't want to mix music in with Something's already kind of a train wreck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll just do it acapulco. But anyway, join us if you can. Today on the front porch, uh, I would like for us to talk about places we like to go with our family as a kid. 
you know, we talk about things that we do when we're a kid once in a while. The reason I bring that up so often is because uh, it has dawned on me over the years that things that happen to you as a kid, they're always in there. It's like those things, are, some of them are just welded to your soul, so to speak. And, of course, I've often thought the only difference in a kid and a grown-up is a grown-up just has body hair. <laughs> Other than that, we're still basically the kid we were. You know what I'm saying? Well, you don't enjoy life, I don't think, as much. The responsibility changes you. Yeah, it sours you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does. Uh, but, you know, there's ways to still be uh, flippant about that and have fun. So. <laughs> yeah, this thing around us. <laughs> yeah, it, it will happen. But anyway, yeah, I'd like to go around the table here and talk briefly about uh, places in your memory that you like to go with your family as a kid and expound on that as much as you would like to. And I don't see any of you that look ready. Uh, so I'm going to ask for a volunteer. You should go first. Uh, oh, I will go first. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in the Ozark Mountains uh, in northwest Arkansas. And uh, when I was growing up there, the Buffalo National River was not yet a national river. Local farmers owned land down there and, you know, ran cattle on the river. And so we, we kind of, the local people kind of owned the Buffalo River. And then the uh, federal government, I don't remember what year it was, seems like it was in the early to mid-70s, declared it uh, America's first national river. And so now it's a national park, the Buffalo National River. But as a kid, uh, my granddad would load up a bunch of kids in the area, my brother and I, but any other kids, you know, around if we had relatives visiting. Uh, sometimes there's just other kids that live close by there, but he would load them up in the back of a pickup truck. And we would head to the Buffalo River with uh, uh, not store-bought floaties. We had inner tubes out of a tire. Black, smelly, you get black on you. But he would blow all those up. I could, I could still see him in my mind's eye uh, out the side window blowing up all these inner tubes and gathering up stuff. And he would uh, get coolers and fill them up with, like, knee-high sodas and... Uh, Watermelon, once in a while, he'd take a watermelon. When we'd get to the river, he'd put that watermelon where a spring came out. And it would, it would stay cold until you got ready to eat it. Um, anyway, those trips to the river were just so, they were exciting. And there was just so much going on. All the kids were having fun and dangerously riding in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, all the way on the highway and then on the dirt roads down to the river. Just a wonderful time. I could still feel how it feels to lay on a hot inner tube in the sun in the back of a truck uh, with dust from dirt roads <laughs> flying by. It's a great feeling. Uh, but those were really good times. Uh, he was a great guy, great man. He and him and my grandmother, they just, they just liked to have fun. They enjoyed life. And uh, if you were close by, you could go along and do it too. But Anyway, so now millions of people a year are on the Buffalo National River. Uh, a friend of mine, years ago, before I moved to Tennessee, we uh, we played guitar a lot. We'd go around and play guitar. We went down, I remember well, the last time I played guitar with him, I think, he and I stood in the middle of the Buffalo River uh, with our guitars and played in canoers. It's like a highway now in the summer. <laughs> canoers from all over the country, you know, were going by. And we just stood and played guitars and sang to them as they went by. Should have used a banjo. Well, I didn't have a banjo then. Mm. So. <laughs> 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 my, my friend and I, Mike Toole, 
my friend and I were working uh, to correct that stigma about Arkansas people being different. So we just stood in the middle of the river and that worked real guitar. well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. We kind of kind of up in the ante on that. But. Anyway, that's just something when I first brought this up that really came out of my memory. Good times, a really good feeling, and it's right there. Like I said, it's welded to my soul. So, cool, Neil. Uh, probably two things would stick. One of them was being at my grandparents' house, the farmhouse, um, <clears throat> and I don't have any specific memories of, of specific things, but just being there and having family around and all that. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we <laughs> we had our first two sons, I had to ask my wife if that behavior was normal, the way they treat each other or not. Because <laughs> I didn't know that you were allowed to beat on your yes. your siblings. Mm -hmm. but why, that, why do they hate each other so much? Yeah. Because they're kin. Yep. Yeah. yep. So anyway, but that was uh, one of them was grandparents' house, a farm. Mm -hmm. And the other one is there's a park in Indiana, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, called Franke Park, and it had the biggest sledding hill. And you may not know what that is because you don't get snow here right. the yeah. same way, right. but from Thanksgiving on, as I grew up, there was almost always snow there. Hmm. And I loved sledding. Franke Hill. Franke Park. Franke and, Park. Yeah, and they just have a big, great, big, massive. They also had a... Um, What's it called? Not Pinewood Derby, uh, Soapbox Derby, yeah. where you build the car. Yep. And that was fun to do, but what was more fun was to sled down that. So. Can you explain the feeling in your grandparents' house? Uh, like what stands out? Summer, winter? Did they have air conditioning? No. So what stands, what's, <laughs> can you describe the feeling in your grandparents' house mm. in the summer? Uh more mental warmth, I think, than than anything else. It would be hot, but it wouldn't make any, you know, nobody care. They had big fan, box fans, mm -hmm. and you stick those in the window, I guess, to pull the hot air out, or you wouldn't be bringing cold air in. I guess it's pulling the hot air out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just keeping it moving. Yeah, yeah, I never really thought about that very much. It was just being there with aunts and uncles. And, yep. And Aren't those like, great memories? Oh, yeah. There's there's security in that I yeah. think, yeah, and not ever having to worry about anybody and not worry about what you look like, what you say, yep. You know, just everybody's well behaved. Man, that all changes, don't it? Boy, boy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ouch. <laughs> nice, Coots. Yeah. So uh, uh, since we mentioned Joe at the beginning of this program, that triggered mm -hmm. the uh, thought about. Every year and all the time, we were going to Aunt Liz and Cousin Joe's house down in Alabama. And one of the coolest things about going there was this house was built in the late 40s. Uh, Uncle Wiley built the house. But as he was building the house or it was about done or they were in it, he decided he wanted a basement. So he hand dug the basement underneath his house, completely finished. I wow. mean, it's, it's really cool. The only way to get into that basement is through a trap door. That was in Joe's bedroom closet. <laughs> wow. And uh, so everybody from my son all the way up through my mom when they were children, everybody has the memories of going down in the basement, and that was the place to play. I mean, Joe had his G.I. Joes down there from the 60s, you know, and comic books and stuff, but that was the thing. I mean, that was the place to go and just 
you turn lights out, they would. They'd turn the lights out. They'd play hide-and-seek down in there, just all kinds of games and, and fun stuff uh, to do down there. And growing up, you know, uh, when Joe was uh, back home after he got out of the Army and stuff, that was our hangout place. Hmm. And uh, as uh, life went on, eventually he would he worked at Radio Shack. So uh, he'd always have the really cool gaming systems, like, you know, back in the 80s when they first Atari. came out. Atari. Atari, yeah. Candy, different things like that that, you know, probably be worth a mint now. It's probably still down there somewhere, too, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because you didn't throw anything away. But uh, that was just so much fun to always go to Alabama. You know, you hit the state line. There's the big old rocket there on I-65. You knew you were right. getting close. Right. And uh, get to just hang out with them in this old house with a very unique, you know, playroom, really. Wow. A lot of fun. Uh, side note, I think I just read where they're discussing taking that rocket down. Yes, and they actually were doing, uh, they were taking donations for it for the last several years when hmm. you'd stop at that rest area. Just and I just read that last week. Like, nope, we're going to have to put another one up. Do away with That's it. It's like taking a steeple off why, the church. Why are they taking it down? It's, it's, it's old. just deteriorating yeah. so much, huh. and they yeah. said that it would, it's, not salvageable. Oh, wow. And, and if it falls, our, it'll fall across the interstate. Yeah. Well, and one of our brand new church members uh, has family who was responsible, worked for NASA in building the plan to put that rocket there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's like, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, neat stuff there. So, uh, can you describe, you said cousins and all, was, is it when cousins and all would gather at that one house? Or? Uh, usually it's just my family, like my mom and dad and me and my brother were the only ones that usually would go down there. So, can you describe the feeling? Mm-hmm. Did they have air conditioning? They had a window air conditioning unit. Okay. And they still have a window air conditioning unit. Really? Yeah, same place. It's been changed about three times, I guess, in my life. Uh-huh. And, uh, but uh, it was just... Uh, um, I'm not sure how you would describe it. It was just comfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd go there, and it was a small house. It's probably less than a 1,000 square feet, maybe. Mm-hmm. Two bedrooms, one bathroom. Uh, I'd make a pallet on the floor, and that's where I'd sleep at, you know, and cousin would sleep on the couch and stuff. So it was cozy, mm-hmm. but uh, it was just it's just like a second home, I guess. You yeah. Know, you just were real comfortable there. Kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I want to go back to that feeling once in a while to some of those places. You well, can't really the same, but... As man, we're going through uh, the stuff there right now and getting ready to do away with the house and stuff, it's like, man, it's going to be hard not to see this place again. Yeah. You know, that's hard stuff. Yeah, that's what memories are for. Yep. So that's why I'm so thankful. That there are memories. Yep. Because stuff stays alive forever, just like it was in your in your memory. Mm. <laughs> it's about as emotional as I get right there. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of non-emotional. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Brother Hodo. Yeah, I know, man. How uh, are you? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So I'm anxious to hear this. Yeah. Uh, so You were young once. I, I used to be young once. Okay. Yeah. I was young when I came to Temple, y'all. Really you were. You've got lots of gray <laughs> showing yeah, up there now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my mom's mom and dad would go on vacation with us about every year. And for some reason, we decided we liked Clearwater, Florida. It was about a 14-hour hmm. drive. And we'd always ride down in like this big Impala. And there would be three people in the front seat, three <laughs> people in the back seat. Love those cars. <laughs> And the trunk just, I mean, you had to sit on it to get it to close, you know, and just one of those big lead sleds, you know, and we'd go down there. But it was always just fun, and uh, we stayed in the dive. You know, my kids have no clue, but I, I remember 
as an adult going back to those places and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a dive. <laughs> I remember like the little place that we stayed in is like a little single um, single story place that had a pool right in the middle and a real springy dive board and, and a true 12 foot deep, you know, why we didn't drown to death. But as you were going from place to place, these little lizards would run across and scare you to death, you know. But uh, it was across the street. Never did stay on the ocean side. It was across, you know, you had to drag all your stuff. <laughs> but the fun, one of the funniest things, my grandmother, she uh, she was just a funny person. I don't even know if she really knew how to swim, but she wanted to be in the ocean with us kids, you know. And uh, she she was more top heavy than she was bottom heavy <laughs> and she had false teeth and so of course we're out playing in the surf I hear this coming. yeah we're oh out there God, playing yeah. in the surf because we like you know we boogie board and do, sure all, coming, do all this stuff yeah it's pretty funny so my grandmother's out there and just every time a wave comes by hey, hey. well this wave comes and we're all just looking like Oh, she's fixing to get creamed, and it hits her in the back of the head, and her teeth, her teeth are coming out as she's trying to catch it, and it knocks her over when she can't get up because she's more top heavy, <laughs> and her little feet are just up in the air, <laughs> and we're all laughing, and my mama's screaming, "Get her up! She's gonna drown! Get her up!" And we could not even do anything because it was it was just fun. Yeah, those are the kind of memories that I have. Yeah. Okay, so. Can you describe the feeling? <laughs> I think we can see the feeling. Uh, that was pretty descriptive yeah. already. Yeah, I know, right? No, that was good. I, feel, I almost feel like we should take another round. But we, we have committed ourselves to shortening this program just a little bit. And, How's that working? Well, we're not being real successful at it, but we're having a great time. And uh, I appreciate these stories. These are good stories. And uh, I hope that when people listen to these, they start thinking about their own. Because I think that's important to remember that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just feel like it is. Okay, so uh, in the interest of time, we're going to uh, move along here, take a quick break, come back, talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. And recent episodes here, the things that are coming out of that Bible are pretty interesting, really good stuff. Actually, they all are, but uh, the past couple have been especially interesting, I think. And uh, I'm sure today we'll be too. We'll be back. We have one main goal at Mike the Baptist, and that's to talk about Bible stuff in a way that's easier to understand while getting to know other Christian people in a front porch friendly kind of way. Sometimes churchy talk gets in the way of listening to what God's Word is actually saying to us personally. And frankly, churchy talk is just kind of boring at times. So on Mike the Baptist, we're trying to simplify the message and put it into the same kinds of words we actually use every day, which we hope will help you make it easier to put those words into action to improve your own life today. As Mike the Baptist grows, so does the time it takes to put it all together. And as we transition into a full-time project, we have less time to try and make a living outside of these efforts. So if you like what we're up to, and you think we should keep it up, we simply suggest you consider helping us do that by supporting us right now through our merchandise offerings at MikeTheBaptist.com. It really is that simple. We have to eat and pay electric bills, just like everybody else. And for now, our merchandise section at MikeTheBaptist.com is our sole source of financial support for the program. You'll find a good selection of tees and hoodies there in all kinds of sizes and colors, which we think you'll like. It really is that simple. 
and we do need your support. Thanks for being a part of this journey, and we all look forward to finding out even more of what's in that Bible through our simple and sometimes silly talks on Mike the Baptist. Hey, we're back. Um, you know, we we say often before we start this section, I don't think it gets old saying this, that there are things in that Bible that are really interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think some people might find it boring. Uh, but if you find the Bible boring, I would think maybe you're not thinking about, maybe you're reading too much at once. Maybe it'd be a good idea to read uh, in your Bible until something piques your interest and just stop and go sit on your porch for a while and think about that. In my experience, uh, God will make you think of things that relate to that and might be easier to understand. So if you find it boring, I don't know, maybe you're reading too much at one time. Slow down. I mean, it, it, even the Bible tells us to meditate. Yes. And uh, I think sometimes we as church try to encourage our people to read it through in a year or read so many chapters in a day or make sure you do this every day. And sometimes you just need to sit and let it percolate. Yeah. You just got to let it work itself through. And you'll find, you'll find I think, a deeper understanding when you do that as opposed to just checklist of hey I read this many verses today. But it's good, you know, in fairness, it's good oh, to absolutely. read it if you can. Absolutely. But, yeah, like you're saying. Well like me, uh, I'm kind of thick in the head. So one thing at a time in mind. <laughs> right. You know, to kind of get a grasp on that and then I'll move on. So uh we're gonna turn it over to the preachers and let you all expound on what you've dug up this week. Well we've actually started reading First Corinthians and I love First Corinthians, because Paul really gets on the church. He gets on Christians and basically says, you know, even though you are a saint, even though you're called of God, even though you're not acting correctly. Um, and one of the things I just want to read to you, because some people, Michael, as they read the Bible, they say that's just an old document. It was in their day. You know, Paul was writing to those people in their day and it really doesn't apply to us. But listen to this verse. He says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord, both their Lord and ours. So Paul's intention with this letter was not that it was one letter sent to one church and it would just stay there. Uh, letters were passed around other churches. They didn't have Bibles and printing presses like we do today. We typically think about, I sent you an email, so I sent you an, an email, and that's where it's supposed to stay, and then you talk back to me. But in Paul's day, these letters were sent to the churches to be read and be passed around to other churches. Um, so by Paul saying to all who everywhere call upon the name of the Lord, there's application here that we should know all the scripture applies to us, but that direct comment applies uh, to us today. And so one of the things that we see in especially chapter 1, Paul is addressing these ideas of people who call themselves Christians are not acting like Christ, 
and therefore it hurts their witness. And so, you know, maybe something that we need to think about is what are some things that we've seen in the church or you've seen that people who call themselves Christians have done, and you really look at that and go, yeah, that really hurts the witness of the church. You know, one thing that uh, that we see uh, quite a bit is uh, when person number one has a problem with person number two. Mm. And instead of us doing what the Bible tells us to do, which is to go to that person that you have a problem with and just starting to talk it out with them one-on-one, what we see happen an awful lot is we go to persons two, three, four, five, two dozen, three dozen people and talk to them about an issue instead of going to the where the source is at. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all we've done at that point in time in is uh, we're causing all kinds of turmoil in the, uh, the lives of a whole bunch of individuals who had no knowledge that there was a problem beforehand. We're taking them away from, well, especially if it's at church, we're taking them away from the opportunity to be able to worship while they're at church because they're thinking about, oh, I've been drugged into this problem now. And, uh, you know, I think the Bible talks about gossiping, you know, and like we're just getting stuck up in this, uh, this sin of going around in the church and that works its way out to the community, mm-hmm. you know, because we all know folks that don't go to our church and somebody's going to start talking about this in the community and then that's going to impact the image of that church, which impacts the kingdom work. Mm-hmm. And our witness is now having to fight against this junk that's going on. And we're, we're going to deal with all that kind of stuff. And we'll probably never be able to go back and get all those two or three dozen people that heard about it and get them straightened out on what the truth is. Yep. If we just do it the right way the first time. Right. Neil. I think there's a... Hello. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask you a right. question, but you go ahead. Go ahead and ask something me. Right I was going to ask you, not singling you out, but just but if somebody asked, but why do you suppose... Uh, People are so quick to talk. I think there's a, a uh, and it, it may be cultural too, the time that the Old Testament was written, especially before things were written down, a person's word actually meant something. People didn't lie. They were, um, the, the Hebrew culture, it was very important to pass the stories on down from one generation Correct. to the next and do it, do it exactly. And no longer does our word have the, um, the foundational part of it. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. And people don't trust, I think, the way that they used to culturally. So, I, again, I think that when you see things like that, where people don't go the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, mm-hmm. I think I see that people want to build consensus before they, they want to make sure they've got people on their side before they go and confront someone. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. It's just, it just seems like that's what it is. I don't know if there's any. Part of that's kind of human nature, I think, though, too. So you, mm-hmm. you don't want to feel alone, I guess, maybe. You know, what you just said, though, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the pitfall for us. That's it. Because it, it makes sense in our brains, but, it, but it's not what God's Word told us to do. Yep. There's that. There's that. Mm-hmm. There's that little thing. Yeah, and that, and we all get hung up in that. Yeah. I mean, how many times have I gone to HD and said, "Hey, let's talk about this," and it's not something about him. Well, yeah, yeah, and 
I think if everybody were honest, everybody does that. We do. We've got everybody. to stop it. Yeah, yeah. we got to work against that. That that seems like it would be one of the hardest things to get a bunch of people to stop doing. It would be. Yeah, yeah we have to think about as much as God wants us to be together. Um, there's an enemy out there that wants to separate us and divide us, and the more he can do that, he does it through gossip. I don't know about you guys, but there's a there's a thing that runs in my brain that I already hear your voice before you ever answer. I've already got in my mind, mm-hmm. oh well, this is the way Neil's going to respond to this. Yeah. Oh, this is every time I go to this one, this be, and we do that with our family, we do it with our kids, mm-hmm. and we do it with people in the church. You know, you're always you've already got a presupposition that uh, if somebody's coming to you, they're going to come with this on their mind or this in their voice or this is how they're going to respond. And, you know, what I find sometimes is I, I misjudge somebody because uh, even – and technology is terrible. Technology is terrible uh, because the difference in, hey, yeah, whatever, is a lot different than whatever – Mm-hmm. But if somebody sends whatever, you put a presupposition in their voice right. in your head that says, oh, well, what a jerk. You know, and I think that's that's something that we have. Again, First Corinthians is about unity. They they had so much trouble in the church. There was fighting. They were, they were misdoing the Lord's Supper. They had uh, immorality issues and all that stuff going on. And here's Paul reminding them, hey, your first priority is to be a representative of the kingdom. And when you're doing all these things that are, that are very human, mm-hmm. they're very human. And I love that he starts out and he calls them saints because they didn't lose their salvation. Wow, let me stop there just a minute and say, if you're listening and you're worried that somehow you're not going to be good enough for salvation or you're going to lose it, if you're ever born again, you don't become unborn. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for us to Good understand. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we have an excuse to go, hey, well, God's not ever going to kick me out, so I'm just going to be a jerk. But it does mean that we are going to fail as Christians. And that's why it's in the Bible. How do we deal with when we have all, with our brother? How do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with when somebody disappoints us? But this whole idea of unity is that we're supposed to be different. And, and I'll just say for me, uh, I've been at our church for 20 years. I've been in other churches. What's the number one problem in any church? It's when we get me-focused instead of others-focused. Jesus said he came to serve. And then what we want is to be served. And our culture just drives it in our head, and then we come to church, and we want it our way. I want the shades up. No, I want the shades down. I want it this temperature. I want it that temperature. I want loud music. I want... <laughs> you know, I want rock and roll music. No, we got to have hymns only. And we we walk in, and we're already at odds with one another, and we haven't even opened our mouths. We pull in the parking lot with a preset thing mm-hmm. in our mind that a lot of people walk in the door mad. They just walk in the door mad. They're not going to be happy. I, I think if you gave them a $100 bill and gave them the best seat in the house, they're not going to be happy <laughs> because they've walked in with this stuff in their life. And so... To me so much, I love this book because Paul says you need to deal with you. It starts with me. I can't blame everybody. It's easy for me to blame everybody else. It starts with me. Hmm. The hardest thing to work on, yourself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was thinking about uh, doing marital counseling and and the concept of active listening. Hmm. And in the situations that you're talking about, it seems that people already have. It's like you said, you come to a person and you already know how they're going to respond. 
And if you don't, you're you're listening to what they're saying and you're thinking ahead of time, how am I going to respond to this? Rather than listening yes. to what they're saying. Yep. And that's that's critical. It's like talking to your spouse. I mean, when you've been married a good long while, I mean, you're you've got what you're fixing to say ready before they finish, and then there's there's conflict always with that one right there. Yeah, tell us about that. I just did. <laughs> it's pretty pretty common. I got to really keep myself in check. On that. And all those examples that he was just giving were all hypothetical. Just right, exactly. Right. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah, the fact that he was talking about people, you know, can complain about all sorts of things like shades up, shades down, has nothing to do with the fact that in his last sermon a couple of days ago, he said that very same thing. So I know it's just it's just a coincidence. So, coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just share with you. You know, I'll probably get in trouble. You're you're wiser than me because you're further down the road than I am. Thank you. Some of some of the biggest fights that I've had with my spouse is. I know what she's going to say before she says it. Or you think you do. Oh, I know. (laughs) And when she says it, it's like, (laughs) because I'm already ready for how I'm going to come back at her. And uh, it's it's like, my goodness, if we would just slow down a little bit, push back a little bit, again, get me out of the picture. Um, But, yeah, that's good wisdom. Well, it's it's just true. I, I think it's probably true with, Everybody yeah. that's kind of yep. been there, but I think you do get a little wiser. It's best just to wait. <laughs> just let them finish the sentence. Eat some smoked cheese and eat some smoked cheese. Just wait. Yeah. Gotcha. Just wait. You know, when you get further into the chapter, there it it gets into a, a part where it talks about that we were washed, we were sanctified, mm-hmm. justified, bought with a price, and um, when we start dwelling upon those things. I've been washed. You know, I have been sanctified, or I am being sanctified, justified. I have been bought with a price. When we start thinking about that and the fact that uh, I did not cause any of that to happen, again, we've talked about this so many times, the gift of salvation is that free gift for us that all we have to do is receive it. So I didn't cause anything for these things to happen. It was done for me. And we're looking back to where that was done a couple thousand years ago, you know, the act force. When we start dwelling on these things, that's going to help us with these problems of fixing me mm-hmm. or working on me. I'll never fix me. Mm-hmm. But when the problem is really me, and that's the problem in the church, I need to start dwelling on all of these things that he mentions in that, in that chapter. And when I start doing that, you know, we're going to start realizing, you know, I can, if I'll change this a little bit more in my life, you know what, my, my life's going to bring more glory to God. Uh, if I will, if I'll control this a little bit more, my tongue, if I'll just change my tone a little bit with that person that wants to annoy me, I'll be able to maybe have a better relationship with them. Like the way you said that, with that person that wants to annoy me. <laughs> and I'm sitting right here. Yeah. I'm right here, Michael. <laughs> we all have our gift, you know. That is hypothetical. He didn't, yeah. Uh, this is it, a was, it wasn't hypocritical. It was hypothetical. <laughs> Very telling session we're having here. No, but uh, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? It's, it's uh, For the common guy, which I am, at the table of uh, pastoral people, uh, it's hard for me to to think 24 hours a day about doing something to please him. It's kind of hard. 
when you get in the middle of your day and you're doing everything, you're fixing your pressure washer and you're building your airstream and you're recording stuff and you're trying not to interrupt your wife in conversation, it's hard, I think, for a lot of people, or maybe it is just me, I don't think it is, to really have that thought in every single thing I do. Mm-hmm. There's a trick to that. I don't, know, I don't know how you ever get to that point where you're just, I mean, you guys are, you guys do all this for a living. I can't help but think there's times during the day when that's not on your mind exactly that way. Shucks like up. what I'm doing right now, is it pleasing to God? Yeah. And is that wrong or is that? No. Go back to what Jesus told us was the greatest commandment. And we just talked about that, was it Sunday? Mm-hmm. You talked about love the greatest God. commandment and love God. And then what's the second one? Everybody else like that. That's right. Love like, your neighbors. Like yourself. So Is it like yourself? Or? Love your neighbor as yourself, yeah. Okay, good job. Uh, Thanks. In your outie. So when we start just boiling it down, and and, well, Jesus boiled it down for us to make it real simple, those two things, do these two things, the rest is going to work itself out. Mm -hmm. So if I will just love God, and the more I love God, I'm going to love HD better. Because I kind of hate him. No, but... (laughs) You know, we know what you're saying. Yeah. And I need counseling. Yeah, well, you know. So therefore, that's going to kind of come out in everything else that we do. Hmm. And I'm not going to really, that may not be the focal point of everything that I do, but as I'm loving God more, therefore I'm going to love others more, just the normal activities of life, it's going to be used by him, I think. Hmm. I would simplify it, I guess, a little more to, make, to give you uh, uh, something to aim at. I don't know. Oh, I was, I was uh, uh, busting your sermon up from last Sunday because I taught the Sunday school class you were in and spent the spent the hour uh, uh, messing up the sermon you were about to give because you were going to go through a list of things to do, <laughs> not do, et cetera. You know, right? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> so yeah, you were there, <laughs> and I noticed you did not go through the list. <laughs> right. You know, sermon, right. But, yeah. So, but I'm, I was thinking that uh, what you were saying that. I guess if you get in that mindset of love your God and then you're to love other people like that and even like yourself, then, then you've, really, you've really got one task you're focusing on, which will guide to other things. Mm-hmm. Seems like that would be an easier way to approach that than keep that list in your head all the time. About Yeah, I think Jesus kind of took us, us away out. from that. You know, we're, I'm not that smart. You know, this... The words that Michael was talking about, if you go back and, and read Paul's words, many of them are in past tense, future tense, present tense. So they're, it's, it's like all of this has really already been done for you. It's being done for you, and it's, it's, it's done, it's completed, but it's also you're, you're working it out as you go, but it's really already done. And I got to thinking about that. You know, Part of my problem as a human being is let's just be honest we have low self-esteem and part of my arguments with other people and fighting with other people is this jockeying for position Mm -hmm. oh you bit me i'm going to bite you oh you're ugly to me i'm going to be ugly to you or i'm never going to talk to you again i'm going to i'm going to separate myself i'm going to put a boundary out there you know good books for dealing with people sometimes but we put boundaries on our heart we put boundaries on forgiving i'm not going to forgive you that because you've done that but if we really understood what it meant that we've already won the battle, we, we are already a child of God 
Uh, if we could see ourselves with our princely robes on or our princess tiaras and know that we are not just good enough, but God so loved us that he gave his very best for us, that would give us the self-esteem, not in a bad way, but in a good way, where you know what, if somebody is ugly to me, I can take that. You may say I'm terrible, but I know what God says about me. You may say I'm a failure, but I know what God says about me. You may not like how I look, but I know what God thinks about me. And, you know, part of, part of that knowing who we are is huge. Jesus, while he's being uh, just brutalized and questioned, you know, are you the king? Are, are you the son of God? And, you know, a lot of times his response was either silence or you've said that I am. He didn't toot his own horn, so to speak, because he knew who he was confident in who he was. And I think sometimes being a Christian, it's not fun to have to get slapped on one cheek and turn the other cheek, but we can do that when we know who we are. Uh, we're in the middle of pro football playoffs. You know, and when you go into the game, these guys really don't know whether they're going to win or lose. They talk a big game, but they don't know whether they're going to win or lose. After they win the game, then they got these little funny little statements. You know, I think Joe Burrow said the other day, oh, get your money back on those tickets because <laughs> you didn't see this happening, you know. But you really aren't that confident before the game. You might say it, but deep down you're not that confident. One of the things Christians need to be is confident. We're confident in who we are. Yes, we're goofballs sometimes. Yes, we mess up sometimes. Yes, we don't always keep all the laws and the rules. But... We're confident in who we are. I think that'll help. Us. And there's a difference in confidence and cockiness. Exactly. You can be a little too yep. overbearing, yep. I think, at times in your yep. in your Christianity. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to buzz myself. We haven't buzzed anything the whole session here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the warning. So anyway, I don't know what brought that up, but I feel like I've just interrupted a train of thought or something here. <laughs> well... Let me, let me kind of draw this to a close with this, and it goes right along with what he was saying. Um, we have to remember there's two things in our Christian life. There was that moment of salvation, which was instantaneous, and that's kind of the culture that we live in. We want everything right here, right now. Well, praise God, salvation, just like that. Lines it right happened. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then we have the life after that. Living in salvation, we're in that sanctification where we are constantly trying to do better. And a lot of folks struggle. I mean, well, we all struggle with it, but some get hung up on this thinking that, man, I sh I sh I am I saved because I still, I said that word. Mm -hmm. Am I saved? I still took that drink. Am I saved? I had that thought or I looked at this or whatever. Our salvation is secured. We have that if we've trusted in Christ. Mm -hmm. But we're working this process out now of just trying to be more like Jesus. He is that role model. Nope, we're never going to be perfect like him, but we're going to keep working towards that. You know, he's our goal. I'll never be him, but I just want to try to be as perfect as I can. And it's a journey. And so I just had a great thought, and y'all can feel free to use this in any sermon you like. <laughs> Let me write it down. Okay, get ready to write. Okay, I'm ready. It's like, uh, it's like, Going through the drive-thru at McDonald's, uh, you get your food, it's instantaneous. Mm -hmm. You get saved, it's instantaneous. 
But if you leave the drive-through window at McDonald's and you eat that food really fast, <laughs> and you're driving 90 miles an hour to get to the next place you're going, and you're woofing down that Big Mac and throwing fries down, and you're gulping a Coke, you're going to get some really bad indigestion. And but it's like if if you buy into this salvation thing, and you try to understand all of it too quick, and you try to be somebody you're not too quick. Uh, you're going to get the indigestion, I think, of trying to do that too fast, where I think all he's after us doing is saying, uh, okay, I can't do it on my own. I'm going to try your way. Is that correct? That's when you're at like the end of your rope and you're finally saying, okay, God, I'm going to believe this, I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to try this. And then it is a process after that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember... Uh, after first being saved, having all these grandiose ideas and trying to do all these things to be better and do th great things for him. And I look back, you know, I burned up four or five years there where I could have just took my time <laughs> and grew into this thing in a, in a better way early on. But I don't think I was unlike anybody else. But I think there's something to be said for uh, taking your time. Mm -hmm. But starting... Uh, by accepting it in the drive-thru window. Anyway, you can turn that into a sermon if you want. But Mike the Baptist brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it is, you know, this journey with Christ, it's not a sprint. And I think that's what some people believe is that, oh, I struggle with drugs and alcohol. I struggle with uh, lust of the eyes or flesh or whatever. And if I, if I, just, if I just was intent enough, if I believed enough, if I... If I prayed hard enough, then I'm going to get up from the altar and never have those problems ever again in my life. Mm. We struggle as human beings because what we are in Christ is our spirit has been done, renewed, remade, but our flesh is still here. One day, you know, when uh, we go to heaven, we're going to have a new body and a new spirit that's going to be together, and we won't. We won't be able to watch murder mysteries or play clues. Yeah, we talked about, about that. <laughs> but, I mean, we won't have the same struggles that we have today. From here to eternity, we're going to have those struggles. And it's okay um, to struggle. It's not okay to fail, but it's okay to struggle. But when we fail, where, where do we go to? We go right back to him. Um, again, like that loving father that we knew we could always go to and go, yeah, Dad, you know, you told me not to get a, a ticket. I got a ticket, you know. And he might discipline you, and he might do exactly what he said he was going to do if you got a ticket. But he didn't kick you out of the family. He didn't keep you from ever driving again. And so, you know, Christianity is so much the journey, and we don't need to make it some magic spell that you just say the right things and believe the right things, and you're never going to have a problem. I, I think here's where... Preachers have hurt the church in some ways. Because I've known some men who've taken some really bad turns in their life, done some pretty bad things. And when they go to talk to the pastor, usually when they're caught, uh, with that, you know, sometimes the first words out of their mouth is, well, you never were truly saved. You, you need to get truly saved because a truly saved person could never do this and never do that. I mean, what do we see about David, a man after God's own heart? He committed murder and adultery. 
Peter denied Christ. I mean, Moses disobeyed God. Abraham disobeyed God. And that's not a license for us to go and mess up. I mean, don't take me wrong there, but um, we're going to struggle. I, I would love to tell you that if somebody comes up and slaps me on the face or says something mean to me that I'm just going to smile and think, oh, bless God, it's a great day because I've been persecuted. No, there's times when you have a smart mouth or an attitude or just decide, I'm never talking to that person again. But then God's Spirit begins, begins to work on you and, and you change that heart. So, um, you know, I'd say to all our friends that are listening out there, you're, you're going to struggle you until the last breath. You're going to struggle. Paul says, I don't do the things that I want to do, and I do the things that I don't want to do. What a wretched man am I. So why do we think we're going to be any different? But we're supposed to work on it. We don't have a license to sin. We don't have a license to do whatever we want to do. Um, so we are kind of that working process. And for everybody out there who's not in the church that wants to say, y'all are a bunch of hypocrites, you know what we need to say? You're exactly right. <laughs> True that. You're exactly right. I am a hypocrite, <laughs> but I'd rather be a hypocrite on my way to heaven than a hypocrite on my way to hell. And I think pre-salvation, you're not cognizant of those things. Right. They, right. Don't, <clears throat> they don't affect you the same way. And once you've been saved, those things prick your conscience. Yep. And so you're more attentive to them, even though you don't do it perfectly. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's, that has been the, the uh, Hebrew way of doing this is always this is a journey not a destination yep. and so many folks just want to get a ticket to heaven that's all they're after yep. and that's not it it's uh acting as if the kingdom of god is present now and we're in it we're doing the things that jesus has instructed us to do this is eternal life that they would know the father yep so it's like a flight to heaven it's not non-stop it's connecting, <laughs> connecting journey. <laughs> so you don't just buy one ticket and you're in. Right, you got to. You could use that too. There's two sermons. <laughs> yeah. Did we talk about ordaining? Yeah, just day? you did talk yeah. about that. In case we don't have a third guy here, we'll just go ahead and ordain you. Might God. do that on air and just. I got some sermons off. ready. Yeah, <laughs> got some sermons ready here. Uh, did we get where you were going? I think we did. Where did you start? Land the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you start? <laughs> yeah, he started us off, and we were talking about where did you start? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, speaking of the start, uh, I didn't, I didn't, couldn't find the proper place to interrupt you early on. But you mentioned that these these letters, which Colossians was a letter. Yep, it's not a a book that fell out of the sky and and already in the canon of Scripture. It was a letter. Yep, and you mentioned that they passed it around. I wonder how often you stop and think. People think about they took this letter like. Like it was a scripture and passed it around and shared it with each other. Mm -hmm. Could that be the same as these conversations that you have with, like when you have a quote Bible study, oops, or uh, could this kind of be the same concept that we, we take conversations and we go share it over here and we talk about things that we talked about in church over here and we talk about with other people. Is it kind of the same? Because that letter was about yep. your belief and uh, it was a lesson. I mean, you, you were to read and to apply it, and then they probably copied some of those letters and had kept a copy for them because, like us, you know, I don't know about you, but I can't remember what I read this morning. <laughs> yeah. So they wanted to have a copy, but they also were passing them around because they recognized the authority 
of the letter to be utilized in the church to help the church mature, help it grow. So, yeah, I mean, when we're doing stuff like this, what we're doing is we're bouncing ideas of what the Scripture means to each one of us. When we have Bible studies, that's what we're doing. When we go to when we go to Connect class, that's what we're doing. It just dawned on me. Yeah, we're sharing that same letter. Yep, absolutely. All these right. years later, we're we're sharing that same letter right here. Yep. Wow. Uh, we'll take a short break. Come back and do a little in or outy to kind of relieve the pressure <laughs> in the cockpit. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to tie it all together, so maybe you don't need to ordain me just yet. And now here is a man who will show you how to feel better, look better, Jack LaLanne. Now come in here, don't be, how come you so far away? Come on over here, let's get acquainted, that's it. He's like, you know, yesterday I was just a little nervous with you, you know, coming into your home for the first time, and today I feel real at ease with you. We're sure getting to be friends real quick, aren't we? Thanks again for letting me come into your home. Do you remember maybe one time in your life, maybe on a vacation you're out in the lake rowing a boat or you're in a river somewhere, or maybe out in the ocean? Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Come on, here we go. Perfect. Inhale. Once more, inhale. Please, come on, cooperate, huh? Will you do this one exercise? All you sit or just do this one, then you can relax if you want, huh? One, two, three. Four, and I want you to learn to control this old tummy here because this is nature's girdle right here. Pretty soon everything's hanging and sagging. That's the way, the other leg, now let's go. And rest through your nose. You know, I have something right here on my trouser leg and I don't know what it is. I know what it is, I do too. It's a paw mark from my dog. Hey, you'll have to meet my dog. I have the most beautiful white German Shepherd you've ever seen. Would you like to meet him someday? Talk about a real health dog. Wow, and smart. You know what his name is? Happy, he's got a real happy face. Hey, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll introduce you to Hap, huh? All righty. If you appreciate what this dedicated man is doing for your health and figure, then tell a friend about the Jack LaLanne Show, this channel daily. Hey everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff, because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Ultra Baptist is an educational program. That's why any or Audi is so important, is because we are helping you, dear listener and watcher, we're helping you uh, know that things you're out there spouting to other people about that you think are in the Bible. We want to help you understand if they really are or not, because it's all about helping you not look silly when you're talking to other people and you're saying, well, you know, the Bible says when actually the Bible didn't say it. It was Albert Einstein or Mr. Rogers or somebody. So uh, it's an educational program. We're here to help. And today, uh, I believe Neil Andrews and Michael Kuntz are in the power positions to help the rest of us understand uh, things that are actually in there. Well, you, you get the picture. It's in your Audi. Guys, let's play. You want to go first? Sure. All right. Uh-oh. 
Okay. This is a couple of sentences. So. Okay. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy, they said. Get out of here, Baldy. And he turned around and looked at them, and he called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. Wow. So bald people are in the Bible. That's pretty good to know. I, are they? I don't think oh, I can well, maybe there you go. <laughs> I actually went through this one with the preacher's wives, so I don't think I oh, can. Yeah, I don't think I can actually. Oh yeah, you can. No, no, I'll fake it. Yeah, I'll fake it. You're, you're here. Yeah, I'm a us. pro. I'll fake it. You can uh, guide us on this one, Mr. Jackson. So you're saying baldy is in the Bible? I'm asking you if it's. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Well, not just baldy though, but the, the whole thing. The bears came Calling out. Calling the you know, bears come out and mauling forty-two of them. Uh, right, was that the number forty-two? Uh-huh. So I'm going to participate in the conversation because it does sound a little extravagant. Although there are things in the Bible that are kind of extravagant, like God, what God's love. Well, I mean, a lot of those stories. We talk. Uh, a guy and a whale. You know, it's just kind of extravagant. You don't Is whale it. in the Bible. Large fish, maybe. We'll come back to that one. Uh, Is your question is the story in the Bible or is the word baldy or the bears eating the the people? Yes. The whole thing. Mm -hmm. Is that in scripture? Mm -hmm. I wasn't answering you. I confirmed. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm trying to get you to trick you into saying something, but it's not working. I'm trying to be Jason-like since he's not here. Yeah, I, I can't trick him either. So, mm-hmm. uh, Okay, so you two are actual preachers. What do you say? Coots has that look that he gets once in a while. Like, mm. like he just ate some smoked tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like I need a nap. <laughs> Did you eat all the smoked tea? No. There's a couple I pieces of crackers. Okay. Um, hope it was good enough. Brother Hodo, what do you think about the whole baldy thing? And I'm intrigued that there's bald people in the Bible. Yes. If it's in the Bible. There's always been bald people. I don't think that's a new thing. I know, but <laughs> there's preachers, bald people. In the right. Bible. Yeah. And oh. the number 42 seems excessive. Excessive? Yeah. Yeah. So these bears, Yeah. I mean, went around a bit like Jurassic Park. They <laughs> <laughs> killed 42 so people. So this a great movie then. Right? Yeah. These bears went, you know, bears <laughs> going wild. <laughs> well, that's a thing. Totally <laughs> off the rails. The wives discussed this one once before. Yeah. Uh, they did, and I recall, you know, that's why I feel a little odd, because I recall the conversation. And I know, really? I know where it's going. Well, the conversation I had with the Preacher's Wives episode uh, where we talked about this very... Can we phone uh, a friend? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you're going to call. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm in a position where I don't know what to do to help you what? two. You're the host. I am I'm the saying host 42 is excessive. Do. I'm saying 42. You know, if the bears came out, you know, hmm. were there 42 kids yelling at this guy? That's a lot of kids. So maybe that, he changed the number. They, the story's true. They, uh, minus the number. I mean, them kids supposed to be in the field plowing and stuff. Was there 42 bears or the bears ate 42? They ate 42 kids. Mauled. 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 42 kids. They're, oh, 42 kids went to the mall. That's a different. 
<laughs> I love this story. I'm going to say it's any. You are? You are? I'm going to go any on it. Okay. This guy's so much fun. Uh, I don't, am I supposed to vote? What? Hey, it's your show. Come on. It's your game. Uh, I'd say let H vote first. I, I feel I confident so. there's, there's a story about a bald guy with some bears coming out. I'm a little questioning about the 40. Yeah, 42 is a big number. I mean, I, I, I get you on that one, too. Yeah. Well, I would go along with you guys and say any, uh, regardless of the number of bears or kids. <laughs> or kids. There you I go. like so, your style. Yeah. Uh, well, I just feel even better about well, my any I'm now. Trying to be safer, a safe answer that you know we can get plenty of exit ramps. Yeah. I'm saying any, but both y'all said any. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs> Neil, we're going with any. Yeah. Yep. Since second came. Yes. Yeah, Forty-two exactly. seems excessive, yeah. doesn't it? The sentence, oh, before, God. the sentence before <laughs> what I read would give you context. It says, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel. Yeah. yeah I knew it was Elisha, but I was like, I, I, yeah. I wasn't remembering 42 kids. Two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys that were given that, a hard time. You know, wow. How stupid were the boys? If they saw the first dozen go down from a couple of bears, oh, yeah. why did they not just take off? Yeah, yeah and they, they can't say, get us all. You mean what's that old saying? I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to run you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, guy behind. I mean, like <laughs> scatter. They're not. This is going to be an interesting topic when we get to heaven. Well, you Let's know, talk to those forty-two boys. The first time that we talked did about this it? with the preachers' wives, uh, <laughs> I was more fascinated by uh, the statement about. I think the version of the Bible we were in was, "Go up, you bald head." And it yeah. said it like that. I was, I was more fascinated by that kind of a statement. Here, this is an there. NIV. It says, get out of here, Baldy. Baldy. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I mean, these uh, prophets, they did all kinds of miracles. Did they not grow hair? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems really Man. kind of... Well, I mean, kind of a selfish I mean, you know, you're, you're raising people from the dead and, you know... So why wouldn't there be a story where Jesus walked by and some slick-headed guy, and Jesus just kind of rolled his hand yeah. over his head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. forth within the outtakes. Go forth with hair now. Yeah. Where Chia Pets came from. Right? <laughs> you know, this timeout thing. Is just, uh, yeah. It's yeah. growing on. Yeah. You know? There's going to be like a yeah. special little section for all of us when we get we're there. We're in timeout. It's kind it? of a holding I tank. know, yeah. The whole millennial. <laughs> That's right. The whole millennial celebration. We're going to be sitting over there in the corner going, can we go yet? Can we go next? We <laughs> we're missing uh, stuff. Good one, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good one. That, that, that is a cool story. Right. Okay, Coots, moving to the power position now. All right. So here we go. In your alley, watch out, no, no, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. <laughs> this is such a morbid session of in your alley. Yeah. Can you read it one more time? Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. Uh, I'm going to be honest with Neil and Brother Hodo. Thank you for not lying. I, I don't have a clue on this one. I don't even know if it sounds like it ought to be in the Bible or out. Or beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. And beware of the mutilation. Mutilation. <laughs> I don't know what's in the water today, <laughs> but uh, sounds like sounds like one of Paul's warnings about false teachers. 
evil Ooh. workers. That Ooh. phrase, that yep. sound. Dogs mm -hmm. and mutilators. But why would he throw in mutilation? Because people were coming behind Paul and those gospel circuit riders and uh, they were basically saying oh you want to believe in Jesus that's great but you also need to keep the law so you need to be circumcised and they were telling people basically you have to mutilate your body mm -hmm. so so they weren't talking about piercings not 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 this one maybe mm. further I'm talking about gospel circuit riders is yeah. that like Wesley <laughs> is that what you're talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, so, I, am I am I awake? <laughs> you are awake. Okay, aware I of the dogs. Want, I just want to make sure you're aware of the evil yeah. doers, yeah. evil workers, workers. That's right. Aware of the dogs. Well, you know, I I felt uh, awkward about any kind of an answer one way or the other, but then uh, Brother Hodo so eloquently explain how that actually could have been Paul yeah kind of giving a warning so I kind of bought in I bought into it mm -hmm. Neil oh yeah I think so you too I'll go for it sure I mean we got a 50 50 shot right right <laughs> what I love about this game show yes is it makes me look really oh yeah it's good. dangerous it's it really does. dangerous it does it makes me look really good I'm I'm proud of my well knowledge one thing I'm impressed by at this table when we do any rowdy is that uh, we could all, like if one of us actually knows the answer, we could kind of be elbowing and kicking in the table and kind of like making you, you know, go this way. But nobody does that. We want everybody to struggle. I know, so, but it works out for whatever <laughs> well, reason. Let's just, uh, any. Any. Yep. Any. All right. We're all any. Yeah. So uh, Master nailed it. Philippians 3-2. Woo! Woo! Yes. All right, nailed it. Good job. Good job. Uh, oh, I said, are you going to read the scripture? But you did, didn't sure. you? Yeah, yeah, I read it. I'm curious. Could you read the line before those three? No, and I don't line? have that copied down. Oh, gotcha. So. But anyway, that's exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, it's Correct. exactly it. All right. That's it. Wow. Um, well, it's two wins. And I want to thank everybody for being here on the mall and mutilation episode of In Your Outie. <laughs> wow, it really kind of was kind of graphic today. We've covered it? mauling, mutilation, indigestion. Uh, we've been around the uh, smoky cheese. Smoky cheese. This is we've been around the gamut. I don't know what a gamut is, but I'll look it up during the break, <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there. What's our other word? Shrinkle. No. No. Ten. Chrisity or uh, <laughs> it was something about tinkering. Tinkricity. Tink Tink was that it? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Let's we'll go back and listen to this episode. Yes. We got it recorded at the first one. Brought to you on a later episode. We'll remember what we said at the beginning of this one. <laughs> a look inside the staff meetings of church people. Uh, All right, we'll be back to sing a great, great old hymn. If you want to feel good, we're going to make you feel good, and him should do that. We'll Amen. be back. Yes. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Um, you know, all churches don't use hymnals anymore, and that's why on Mike the Baptist, uh, we felt it appropriate 
to go back to the hymnal. You'll notice at Mike the Baptist, we don't have a big digital screen on anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Coons has his hand up. I'm not, I don't know what that means. You haven't given us our hymnals for today. Oh, yes, I'll pass that out here Thank in just a second. But, so, uh, I was, well, where was I? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, we felt it important to go back to the hymnal because uh, the hymns are so full of meaning and, and beef. I mean, the beef is in the hymnals. <laughs> and so They're rich. They're rich. That's kind of what I was the trying to get to. Clara. The Where's the beef? But, uh, you know what? Uh, that commercial I actually put in the last episode of Mike the Baptist. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Where's the beef is in there because I just thought it was kind of funny. So anyway, we've gone to the Mike the Baptist hymnal with the intent, uh, especially after all the mall and mutilation <clears throat> talk, uh, to leave you, you know, we, need a high note. we need a high note. We need a high note. And so I have a request for uh, you guys as well. It has been pointed out to me that uh, when we are doing the hymns that we just look like we're reading and that we're not really being enthusiastic about them. So uh, I want to encourage you to be more enthusiastic <laughs> not sure I can help you, but for I'll the people who are, are viewing and not just listening. <laughs> it was pointed out to me. I'm just, uh, I'm just, is there a Southern Gospel face that you make when you sing? There is, but I'd have to buzz, I'd have to hold the buzzer down the whole way through it, and there would be this big long ending. That last note you'd have to hold out for like thirty seconds. Quartet hair. We don't have quartet hair either. Uh, no. Okay. But we all have grease whiskers. That's uh, anyway. So uh, today's hymn does not need an explanation. It's one of those hymns that just makes you feel good. I mean, you just feel good the rest of your Sunday after you sing it. You feel good, and we're gonna. Uh, present to you. It's page 23 in the hymnal if you have your copy and are following along. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Rocking all week for you. These days are... Well, wait a minute. These days are all oh, mine. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Rocking all week for you. Amen. See how... See how good that makes you feel? A good hymn of a real hymnal? <laughs> We've lost coach there. Uh, indeed. Um, I guess that's it. We'll see you next week. We're just Christians. Trying Try not, not to cuss. cuss. Yeah. Okay. See you next time. Baptist 